you also got to try it out. Yeah, part of the reason for my travel was Apple invited me to New York to go hands-on with Vision Pro. So this was my second demo. Different than the first one, but similar in a lot of ways and still very cool. I think one of the conclusions I reached in my write-up about the demo was pretty much right when I put Vision Pro on this time. I was reminded about why I was so excited about it after WWDC. Because we've talked a little bit about how my like, excitement has ebbed and flowed since then. But once I was back inside Vision OS, it was like being right at home. I missed it. The learning curve is like riding a bike almost. Like I learned all of the gestures at WWDC. I put the headset on this week and the Apple employee who was helping me said, do you remember all the gestures? And I said, I think so, but I might need some help on some of them. I didn't really need any help. It came right back to me. I mean, that is a good a good a good not review but you know what i mean like a good statement right there like the intu- i do think the eye tracking is the best part of this product and mm-hmm. even if the vision pro didn't exist they should somehow find a way to put eye tracking like every apple product you know like just glance and tap or glance and blink or glance and just think like getting closer and closer to mind reading is like taking away barriers right like your your motions today on a laptop go through a trackpad or a mouse like if you could just like look at stuff and the computer could just know you could select it, it just feels like you're 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 streamlining in the process. And that is what you get to do with the Vision Pro because it's strapped in your face with a load of cameras looking at your eyeballs, right? So it knows exactly where you're looking. Again, you'll find out for sure when we actually get the things, but at least right now it feels like the accuracy is very, very, very high. And the apps do have some like they are designed a, a bit to have lower inform- information density and like spaces yeah. between elements so that you can mm-hmm. target them with your eyes but it's not like a it's not like toy you know it's not like um a TV apple tv interface where there's like yeah. six things on the screen it's closer to an ipad in terms of density so that that is practically useful in terms of ui layout one of the things at WWDC that I remember kind of struggling with at first was your instinct is to turn your whole head to look at something where in actuality you just have to use your eyes. So if you're looking at the grid of apps, your first instinct is to look up a little bit to select something on the top row. But then gradually you learn that you don't have to move your whole head to look up. You just have to move your eyes. Yeah, so it's like you're you're trained on like motion controls, right? Like accelerometers, yeah. right? Where you're like moving your hand or moving your head, but here you can like your head can be completely stationary and you can just glance mm-hmm. with your eyeballs and you don't actually have to move your head at all. One of the differences was the setup process where you calibrate your your eye tracking. So they put like twelve circles around the outside part of your field of view and you move your eyes from each one and you blink on each one. You go through that three separate times, and then you're done. Your eye tracking's ca- calibrated. And I think that setup process where you're tr- basically training yourself to just use your eyes helps a lot once you get into Vision OS itself. Another thing that was different, too, is so they sized me with the same process that everybody used this morning for pre-orders. Went to the demo room after that, and they said basically right off the bat that they suggested that I use the dual loop band instead of the solo knit band, which I found somewhat interesting that that was their suggestion because clearly they think the solo knit band is the ideal solution because that's what they show in almost all of the marketing images. It's clearly the more aesthetically pleasing choice. So I don't know if it was something about my measurement that prompted them to suggest this, this 
dual loop band because I was on the second day of the demos that they were doing in New York City. Maybe they got feedback on day one that most people wanted the dual loop band. I don't know. I found that interesting, though, that they, for some reason, they thought that would be the best option for me. Yeah, most of the demos from other people seem to, they seem to go for like solo net first in terms of what they were given. And then if they said, oh, this is hurting or this is uncomfortable, then they would change it to the dual loop. So I don't know what your circumstance was different there, but they obviously went for you dual loop right away. Did you write at WWC that it was uncomfortable in your head or something? They like remembered it? I don't think so, no. (laughs) Um, I thought maybe that they got so much feedback on the first day of demos that they just changed their strategy for day two. Maybe. Because on, so on the day one, it, like write-ups, like yeah. I'd say over half of the write-ups were like, I put on the solo knit band, it started to hurt my face, I put on the dual loop band, it was much better. <laughs> so yeah. at some point they maybe just were like, well, we'll just give everybody dual loop. The dual loop does seem to do a really good job of distributing the weight, because that was another thing that was kind of a theme in a lot of the write-ups about this round of demos, that it's heavy. For me, I didn't notice. I noticed the weight right when I put it on for the first three or four or five minutes, maybe. But then it just gradually like disappeared. I didn't notice it. And part of that is you're distracted by whatever you're doing in Vision OS. So maybe if you're sitting there watching a two and a half hour movie, you'll either be so engulfed in the movie that you'll forget, or you might get slightly bored that you're not doing anything else and start to feel the weight. But compared to other people, I didn't notice the weight as much as they seemed to. But you were using the dual loop band from the beginning. That so, is correct, yeah. Like, I honestly think that's a big trend. All the people complaining about weight were wearing the Solonet band. And there was a quote that went around from an Engadget reviewer who basically wrote that, you know, I was in pain full stop. And that got tweeted around a lot um, as being like, well, clearly it's a negative. But at that point, she was wearing the Solonet band. And then if you read the next paragraph, they changed to the dual loop band and she said it felt a lot better. Like, the Solonet band is clearly the aspirational design that johnny yeah. ive and co dreamed up eight years ago you know and they were like we just want it to be a straight front to back thing you have the, the headset on the front and a symmetrical band on the back and you can use this little dial to tighten or loosen it and it'd be fantastic and then somewhere between eight years ago and today they realized that a lot of people were struggling with weight distribution and so now the dual loop band is not only available as an option it's included in the box like that is a clear signal apple doesn't like putting stuff in boxes you know they just don't give you loads of accessories (laughs) generally but here they are hedging their bet they don't want the entire takeaway of this product to be the weight's a problem and so they obviously there are designers inside apple that love the solo knit band and you can see why it's way more aesthetically pleasing it's way more elegant in terms of just one thing to put on your face it doesn't disrupt your hair as much like you can see most of your head when you're wearing that band whereas the julep you know literally is just more surface area covering parts of your the, the front of your face and your head um and it requires more manual adjustment because it's like individual things you have to tighten rather than just like one dial thing um so if they could get away with just selling it they i'm sure they would but it it carries a very big message that the jewel loop band is in the box and based on the initial first impressions from this week seems like the majority of people are going to be using that band full time rather than the solo knit band I think in general, Vision Pro is just very much your mileage may vary. It's going to feel great for some people, bad for some people. I think it's good that they are giving you both those bands in the box so you have a choice and you can hopefully have more options to find something that fit that fits. It's kind of almost like AirPods versus AirPods Pro where some people just can't get over the feeling of AirPods Pro going into your ears. 
That's me. In-ear headphones. Yeah. I don't really like them. Like, and AirPods Pro have so many more features than base AirPods, right? Like, That's true. Yeah. I would love to use the in-ear ones. Um, and with AirPods, if I did have Vision Pro, I'd have to use <laughs> the AirPods Pro. Uh, but I, the feeling just uh, just never sits right with me. And maybe if I did it for two months, I'd get used to it. <laughs> but if I got the choice, I'll just pick base AirPods every time, you know? And I do wonder with that with Vision Pro too, like even with the Solonet band, like does your head kind of adapt? And if you wear it like that for a month, does your head just get better at weight distribution? You yeah. start ignoring it more. Um, whereas the dual loop is more of just a, a straight up, you can use this from the beginning. Whereas solo loop, so like solo knit, your head just kind of has to adjust. There were some funny tweets and stuff this week of people doing like, you know, uh, gifts of like neck exercises of like the athletes yeah. who've got like, you know, like the F1 drivers who have to um, build up their neck muscle because of all the G forces. You clearly don't need that for this headset, right? Like, no. I think the dual loop, the, the, the dual loop band will be sufficient for most people. Um, and if you can get away with a Solonet, Solonet band, then great. And it will be interesting to see people that commit to the Solonet band if a month down the road, do they still feel pain when they're wearing it, for instance. Uh, but I think a lot of people will just give up before then just go straight to the Jewel Loop band. This would be a way worse problem if it wasn't in the box, right? Like, yeah. At least Apple has had the self-realization and the and the hubris to be like, we're not going to make this the gate, you know? Just give it, Just give people the both bands and get on with it. Uh, in terms of your demo, what like software features did you do this time that you didn't do at WWDC? So one of them was JigSpace, which is basically an app that creates augmented reality objects. And the demo I saw was of an F1 car, and it put the F1 car in the room where we're doing the demo. You can adjust the scaling. You can reach in and use the tap gestures to pick apart certain parts of the car. It's a great demo, and I can see ways that JigSpace could make... I can see ways where this very F1 racing car demo could be useful for people maybe involved in the F1 world. I can see other applications of these AR demos that could be useful. Yeah, I mean, industrial use cases for AR VR headsets are Mm -hmm. pretty widespread already, right? Like Microsoft HoloLens has no consumer <laughs> penetration at all but yeah they have sold it to certain industries and like factories and training and those companies where they can buy a few you know a handful of multi-thousand dollar headsets and it doesn't show up on their balance sheet and then they can pay somebody to make like an app that's custom tuned to their use case direct obvious reasons why arv headsets have a role there and the jig space thing kind of feels more closer to that in my yeah. head rather than like something a random person off the street is going to use like the entertainment use cases are still the the priority i think for like what you can do as an individual with a vision pro and you're actually going to want to do day to day i think the f1 car example is great for like the shock factor yes there are other ways too where you can use this ar object idea i mean for placing furniture for looking at sizes of different products that you're thinking about buying there are other ways that this sort of place this object in your room and look at it with vision pro could be used another thing was the disney plus app that was apple announced in a press release that disney plus would be supported with their own environments on vision pro from day one and i got to try some of those environments there was i watched a trailer for a star wars movie inside luke skywalker's land speeder I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, and it was overlooking 
plant what's it called planet to tone or whatever i don't know a very good disney plus demo a very good demo if you're a star wars fan even me not a star wars fan wait you mean tatooine tatooine yeah Yeah. to tone that's a funny pronunciation i don't (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) it looked cool it didn't matter what it was called it was very cool and there was the one i liked was the disney plus theater which is apparently inspired by El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. Just like a very fancy theater of sorts where you can watch a movie. There is a Marvel one. And I believe that these have like some like interaction with the actual app. So like they have like an environment and then when you start playing something, it like dims. And I think someone oh, yeah. said that yep. they saw like the dual moons of Tatooine or whatever. Like it's more than just like, it's not just like a, a static video. Like it is like a rendered environment. That can oh yeah react. absolutely and you can yeah you look around and it's all around it's not just in front of you it's not just like it's per, it's not just like a background that mm. it's putting the movie on top of it wraps all the way around you there's different sounds like environmental sounds when you're watching a movie you can it not only dims but you can also like the movie integrates with the environment around you, you can see like the little reflections and it's very clearly not just a picture put on yeah yes exactly yeah, yeah. And the environments thing is obviously Apple has the environments that are built in, but they've obviously worked with Disney with like a private API situation because any mm-hmm. random app cannot offer environments like that today. With That's like what the, I was wondering because I was yeah. surprised that Disney Plus has all of this on day one. Yeah, I mean, obviously Disney had the, they got the segment in the WWDC presentation as well, right? Where some of those environments were shown off. So I think what's probably happening here is like Apple's working with Disney and maybe some select other partners right now. And then by Vision OS 2.0, they'll have it formalized into like the SDK so any app can pr- supply environments to the system. Because also we learned this week that the TV app uh, will offer an environment which is the cinema room, more like a traditional cinema room. Uh, mm-hmm. But that cinema, because they, sh- I've seen uh, screenshots of that cinema year room environment like last year. But at the time, I didn't realize that's not just like an environment you can pick from the main like Vision OS system. That's exclusive to the TV application, and so Disney then has their ones that are exclusive to the Disney app. And maybe in the long arc of time, the these like third party apps will be able to like extend the system environment. So like the Disney environment can be used anywhere in the system using any application, not just the Disney app. Uh, yeah. But right now it's like enclosed to each individual application itself. But it's still cool. And like it, it it's just it's it just is. that little bit extra, right? That like um you have you have your 2D movie streaming, you have your 3D movie streaming, but you can also be in like a Star Wars environment while you do it. Like that's just some little extra whimsy that it would be sad if it wasn't there and it they've already gone for it, so that's great. And they did announce in terms of like functionality, so the Disney Plus app is Basically, the iPad app, right, with opaque backgrounds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it does have the sidebar with the, like the ornaments, so the navigation on the left is split out, uh, and you get the environments option there uh, and the different categories. But also, when you're playing content, uh, Disney is committed to streaming at least some of their 3D library in 4K, mm-hmm. which is unusual because blu-rays if you get 3d blu-rays they're 1080p right so high resolution 4k um 3d movies like avatar and some of them will even be in higher frame rate so rather than 24 fps you actually get 48 fps so they're going they're going all out and that's a pretty big commitment from a third-party company right so uh i was i was glad to see that 